Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is the Jazz, the Utes, the Cougars. When it comes to the teams that you're passionate about, these guys have got you covered. Hi. This, this is DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by BJ Reigns, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune and Blue Turf Sports. Welcome back to the show, BJ. Always a pleasure, guys. How are we doing? We're doing well. Everyone's looking forward to the big game tonight. The Utes and the Aggies are looking forward to Boise State winning and shutting BYU fans up. They've about had it with these guys who've pummeled seven nobodies. Cougar fans, meanwhile... Looking forward to the victory that will justify their spot in the top 10 and the undefeated season. They hope that they're about to see an exclamation put on. Now, all of that brings up the question, uh, who is Boise State? And before we get to the injuries and lineup and all that, I think the question is, who are the Broncos at 2-0? and Seeing what's happened to Utah State in three games now and knowing that Air Force was missing more than 30 guys, do you know who the Broncos are? Or there's still a lot of question marks. No, I think there's, you know, it's a valid point on both sides. And I think if you're going to question BYU, it's certainly fair to question uh, Boise State as well. And But, again, you can only uh, play and beat who's on your schedule. So, um, I, you know, certainly Boise State has some injury issues on the defensive side. Probably going to have the backup quarterback in there again. Um, you know, they're obviously not at 100%. But, um, you know, they came in as a borderline top 25 team, and they've done what they were supposed to do, win their two games and, and rather convincingly in both games. So I, I think that um, they've looked good, but this is certainly going to be their biggest and hardest test of the season, just like it is for BYU. So I think it's, uh, you know, both teams have something to prove and want to, you know, prove that they're a legitimate team here. And that's why I think just so much on the line, you know, tonight makes it that much more exciting. Why so mysterious with Bachmeyer? Well, we'll find out, uh, you know, an hour before the game, but I would fully expect Jack Sears to get the start. Uh, Boise State is, you know, all these schools are being different about, you know, you have Clemson coming out and just saying, yep, uh, Trevor Lawrence has COVID and he's out for two weeks. And then you have schools like Boise State who really hide behind the FERPA laws and things like that. And so, um, you know, we don't know. We know that two of their starters missed the game last week, a safety as well as Bachmeyer. And then they said that one player was out due to COVID protocol and they didn't say which one. They're expecting the safe to be to be back tonight, which leads you to believe that Bachmeyer was the one out because of uh, because of COVID. But again, they're not telling us. We don't know for sure. He finished the last game with no injury. He did the post game interviews, and then all of a sudden, the next game against uh, you know Air Force, he just uh, didn't didn't show up. And so um, it'll be uh, you know we'll find out an hour if he's out there warming up. But I would fully expect at this point Jack Sears will probably start at quarterback again. And then if he were to win. You know, I guess it's a topic for Boise Sports Radio, but you'll have quite the quarterback controversy here if Jack Sears goes out and uh, beats BYU, uh, you know, and then Bachmeyer's still sitting on the bench. What about running back? What about Halani's availability? I think I'm going to lean that he's out, guys. I mean, I, I, I've heard different things both ways, and I it would not surprise me at all if he misses this game tonight. I, I'm not officially reporting that or anything, but if I had to make an educated guess, I would lean towards no George Halani in this game based on what I've heard and you know they don't let us watch practice or anything so it's just some people that I've talked to but um that would be a big loss he's obviously their number one back he's a thousand yard rusher as a freshman last year and 
um, that would have been an area for them to try to control the clock and, and really use him to, to help them. And he looked really good in the first game against Utah State. Um, I, I, you know, he's going to maybe try to give it a go, but I just, you know, from what I've told, he's probably not going to play. And so that, uh, you know, puts the onus on Andrew Van Buren, who let's face it, he's not a bad back. You know, he had two rushing touchdowns in that Air Force game. Andrew Van Buren is a guy they've really liked, but behind him, in the Air Force game, they had a walk-on, Tyler Crow as the number two back. So they've got, you know, it's it's more the depth. It's not just Halani being out. It's what that does with the depth chart because they've got some other guys that are injured and a, a Juco running back that was supposed to be a key guy that's out for the season. So they just don't have much depth at running back. So I think Khalil Shakir, they're kind of do-it-all wide receiver, might have to get some uh, carries in the backfield if, if that comes to that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards no, no George Halani. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised for Boise State fans that he plays, but that that certainly is a big loss for Boise State if he's out. So as far as the offensive game plan, it doesn't change, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't change as much with Sears in there, but the more impact is at running back, and how much does it change there then? Yeah, I mean, I I think, uh, you know, certainly Sears looks pretty good against – you know, against Air Force, 17 for 20, 280 yards, three touchdowns. You can say what you want about Air Force's defense, but Jack Sears looks more than capable of uh, holding his own in there at quarterback. It doesn't appear to be a huge drop-off at quarterback. So, no, I don't think much changes um, from that standpoint. But, yes, yeah, certainly at running back, um, again, they've got one scholarship running back on the roster if, uh, if uh, you know, or are available to play if George Helani is out. So, you know, and, and two running backs total, one one in Andrew Van Buren and then a walk-on in Tyler Crow. That That is it. So you're talking about a physical game like this where you're going to want to run the football and you literally have one scholarship uh, running back that you can hand the ball to. So that is a that's a big deal for them. And so, yeah, whether they, you know, how they decide to do that. And like I said, you know, they've, they've been getting a lot of other guys involved in terms of fly sweeps and things like that. They've been doing a lot of kind of unique runs. So, um, you know, Khalil Shakir was a, a running back some in high school. Um, he's you know their top wide receiver, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy that ends up getting some some time in the backfield just because he's kind of a, a versatile weapon. They've got some other guys, um, you know, some some freshmen, some young guys that may have to all of a sudden, um, you know, get get some time at at running back, maybe some receivers and things like that. But they're gonna have to move positions. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a, a you know they're gonna have to piece this thing together, and they've probably at least had a week to do it. You know, last week Alani went out on the first series of the game, and they were that was it. They were just stuck with you know, Andrew Van Buren, but now they've had a week to probably game plan for this. So it wouldn't surprise me if you see some kind of gadget, unique type stuff and some other guys getting involved in the running game. So you've been on with us a couple times this season. And the first time you came on, we were kind of talking big picture issues, knowing the Aggies and Cougars were both on the schedule. And we see, see the Broncos twice in the first three weeks. You thought that there were some questions on both lines, both offensively and defensively. How much of those questions have been answered? How much is that a strength or a weakness going into this BYU game? Offensive line has has played very well. The offensive line has done well. They had four new starters this year, and that was certainly something that was a big question mark going into the season. But um, they've actually played pretty well. Um, I've been pretty impressed with the offensive line. I think they are looking at they're capable of holding their own. Um, the defensive line is a little bit of a different question because they've already lost their starting defensive end. The guy that was already supposed to replace Curtis Weaver, the all-time Mountain West Sacks leader, he went out in the Air Force game with a season-ending knee injury. And then Scaly Gahan, your starting defensive tackle, the only guy on the inside that had any experience at all, 
he went. He's gone out early in both games with injuries, and no word on his status for for this game. I think he's going to be a game time decision tonight. And um, and so you're talking about relying on some, you know, guys on the interior that that are either transfers or haven't or JUCO guys or hadn't played much at all. And they played pretty well against that triple option actually. But you're still talking about a lot of inexperience, a lot of guys. You know, now you're talking about a you know two JUCO guys and a, a Utah transfer being solid in the mix. They're getting a lot of action. And then, you know, just some, some other guys that are just, you know, young sophomores that haven't played much. So I, I think the bigger question is, and the jury is still out on the defensive line, especially lately because of some of these injuries they're dealing with. Yeah, as I look at this game, the one area where I think I can pinpoint an advantage is BYU's offensive line against Boise's defensive line. I think everything else I see as sort of neutral and just who plays better but I think that that's where BYU has its advantage. Do you see any other areas? Yeah, and they were talking about that this week. I mean, a lot of those uh, BYU offensive linemen are going to be five, six, seven inches taller, I believe, than some of the defensive linemen on Boise State. So they're going to have a, a huge advantage, uh, BYU, as along the offensive line. You know, I, I think Boise State's you know, got a very veteran uh, linebacker group that are all returning. They're supposed to get both their safeties back as well. So I think the back seven – is going to be a strength for Boise State, which certainly they're going to need against uh, you know the passing attack of, of BYU. But um, a lot of people have been sleeping on the running attack for BYU too. I mean, they're almost rushing for what 200 yards a game, in addition to what you know Wilson's doing through the air. So I think Boise State's linebackers and their ability to come up and play the run is going to be a big important factor in this game. Get try to get you know BYU into some third downs. There was a lot of talk about how BYU really hasn't gotten off track. They're not in a lot of third and eight, third and nines. It's usually like third and two, and so. Boise State's going to try to do their best. Uh, not a lot of tackles for loss, not a lot of sacks against BYU. So they're going to have to try to, you know, get get some, you know, negative plays and plays near the line of scrimmage so that can put them in longer situations. But no, I agree with you. I don't see a lot of huge advantages one way or the other. It's just so hard when you look at the stats, and you could argue neither team has really played anybody. And so I think uh, this is kind of the first true barometer. I mean, I saw some stat where oh. Boise State leads the nation in uh, passing yards again. So they've played, you know, two games, and one of them was against a triple option team. So, I mean, the stats are just so skewed. So I think that uh, we're going to get a real test tonight on, on both sides in terms of how legitimate these teams are. And I, I think this is going to just be one of those classic games that comes down to the wire. Enough of the football. Let's talk about BYU fans. How's Ticketgate going up there? Are you, uh, <laughs> your social media quieting down at all? Oh man, it was uh, every ten minutes. I come back and look, and there's some new some new replies. It's been it's been actually kind of fun to help me get through the the, the time that it's taking for this game to finally get here. I, I you know I just it, it's very I, I get it. I got two little boys. If when they if they were at the age where they would want to you know come to a game or if, if they're old enough to play, would I want to go see them? Yes, but I'll just say this from the Boise State side: their parents have not been able to see any game yet so far. The first home game had no fans. The Air Force game had no parents for either side. Um, and the COVID numbers here are awful. They're going in the wrong direction. They may pull the plug after this one game and say this is the only game. So this may be the only game where there's a chance that, that you could get them in. And so from the Boise State side, you want to let the band, you want to let the cheerleaders, you want to let your players' par- you know your players' parents, and you want to let some students in. This may be the only game where the, the Boise State students that are you know paying to be students and go to school here get to come to the game. And the uh, Central District Health only allowed for a thousand total people to be inside. So. I don't think it's some conspiracy, some let's, you know, screw BYU and not let their parents come to the game. I don't, 
think that's it at all. I think it's, hey, if this is the only game we get to do this, our students and our band and our cheerleaders that are here every day and go to every game deserve to be the ones that get to get in if this is the only time it's happening. And BYU parents have already seen their, their kids play a couple of games. So I, I, I get why some BYU parents maybe are upset, some BYU fans are upset and saying it's gamesmanship. And we saw the BYU Cougars TV station calling it Bush League and everything. I mean, I, I, I get that and I can see it from both sides, but I really think this was, hey, we got to take care of our people here in Boise if, if, and make sure that they get a chance to do this. And, and I just think that, you know, I think Boise State, frankly, is surprised by how this is kind of blown out of proportion and been crazy. And I don't think it was some, some conspiracy. I think it was we got to take care of our own people first. And, um, you know, again, well, uh, you know, I, I know it's added some fuel to the rivalry here, some fuel to the fire, but I, I don't think there was any, any intent on Boise State to, be, to do anything negatively towards BYU. It was, hey, if this is the only game, we got to take care of our people. And I, I think that uh, some rational fans from BYU do see that, but it's been pretty one-sided the other way, unfortunately. Did Harson sign off completely on being Boise State, obviously the only team in the Mountain West, to to have a game of this stature as far as non-conference, recognizing that Air Force has their commander-in-chief thing that they always have going on? Yeah, it's funny because that was the only reason Boise State got to play BYU was that Air Force was supposed to play Army, and then that game got canceled for tomorrow. Um, because Air Force is dealing with some some COVID issues themselves, and so yeah, I think he was definitely on board with it. He didn't know about it till the very end when they kind of announced that it might happen. He was kind of like, well, yeah, it's, I heard about it when you guys did, but it was to make the math work in the schedule. Like you said, they had to have some Mountain West team play a non-conference game on this weekend, and BYU's schedule is still open. And tonight was actually the original night the game was supposed to be played anyway, and so it just worked out perfectly. And I think Boise State always likes playing BYU, and they like playing, you know, nationally televised big games. And so I think they said if we have the opportunity, I think the trade-off would have been going to Albuquerque, New Mexico for a road game. So I'm certainly on board with the alternative. Um, and I think that uh, for Boise State, it was a no-brainer. Let's, let's play a top 25-type team instead of a, a road game at New Mexico where you're going to be favored by 30. And uh, I think that Harson was on board with this. It, it's been great games. You know, three of the five games in Boise have been decided by one point. That doesn't even include the, the game last, you know, two years ago where Wilson was tackled at the buzzer. So I think that um, it's a big deal, and, and it's a, you know, Boise State doesn't shy away from these kind of games. They were supposed to play Florida State this year. They were supposed to play at Marshall. They had some other big games on the schedule, and I think to at least keep one of them against BYU, they were all for that. And uh, luckily it worked out math-wise and with the conference, and they were able to pull it off. So do you make predictions or no? I got to, I mean, yeah, I don't mind doing a prediction. I mean, I think it's going to come down. As I said, I see no reason why this is not another one of those classic games. I mean, every time Boise State and BYU play, it comes down to some play in the fourth quarter that can decide the game. It's been just a fascinating series. Like I said, three of the five games in Boise have been decided by one point. I see no reason why that would be any different. Um, and I, I could see it going either way, but just because Boise State's at home, just because of their home record, I know the crowd's not going to be packed, but uh, I'll go like 31-30. I mean, I know the over-under was 61, so I'm going right at it. You know, it's kind of a cop-out answer. But I'll, I'll, I'll go 31-30 Boise State. But, I mean, I don't, I don't feel very confident in that posi- position. I certainly wouldn't bet on it. I, I think that um, there's a, you know, it could go either way. I think it's just going to be a great game, two great teams. And, um, you know, whichever team wins is going to have a whole lot of, you know, momentum moving forward, and it's going to be very disappointing for the team that loses. So, I, I, you know, it's crazy. It's the first time both teams have been ranked 
you guys know, first time a top 10 team has ever come to Boise. It's the only the second time in 20 years Boise State's been an underdog on the blue turf. I mean, they're, uh, they're not used to this position, and so they like that kind of backs against the wall, you know, uh, underdog mentality. They're not in it very often, but they do like it, and that kind of – they use that as motivation pretty well. So I got, you know, either way would be fine, but I'll go 31-30, and I'll, I'll give the slight edge to the home team, Boise State. How did they come up with 1,000 fans? Why not 2,000? Well, that was just the number that Central District Health allowed. I mean, that was the – I don't know how they chose that over 2,000. Right. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. But, I mean, it's – you know, they, the, the gathering limits right now is you're not allowed to have more than 50 fans in the county. So you're not allowed to have more than 50 – any gatherings, private or public, of more than 50 in the in the Ada County where, where the Boise State campus is. And so I think Boise State was getting a lot of pressure from their parents who were putting – petitions together and trying to do things to get in there so they worked with the health district and put a plan together and then took it to the board at their meeting on wednesday night and um, the plan was to ban the cheerleaders the players parents and then about 500 students to, to get you at, a, at a, around a thousand and so I, I don't know the answer to that i don't know if they felt nervous that you know more than that would not be allowed i don't know if they thought that um hey you know we're going to have 200 of these parents driving up from utah or anywhere else in the country i don't know if that they felt that would have hurt their case of getting this approved. I mean, it, it barely got approved as it was. I mean, this was a last minute, two nights before the game. Um, you know, there was a there was a chance that this was going to get voted down completely. So I think they just went bare minimum, put the plan together. And don't forget, guys, everyone every one of these thousand people has to have a negative COVID test before they can get into the game. So th- there, there's some other things I don't think people are are rem- you know realizing. But this is not just you know a thousand people come on into the game. You have to have a negative COVID test. There's a lot of other things being put in place. And the, 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 they, they got the 1,000 approved, and, and I don't know if they're going to try to push that up for future games to more, but I think the biggest deal for them was their parents and their band and the cheerleaders, and then they're able to get some students in. But I, I just was surprised at how much this took off. I, I really, you know, I'm not trying to be a Boise State homer here. I don't think there was some intent to just say, oh, you know, let's forget about BYU's parents. I think it was, hey, we barely got this approved. This might be the only game this year that it happens. And our, our some of our students that pay and have, the, you know, opportunity to go to this school, we should take care of them before we take care of some other team's parents that have already seen them play two games this year. And so if people think that's Bush League or unfair, I get it. But I, I really do understand it, at least at the short notice from Boise State's side, why they're doing it in this way. B.J. Rains, he covers the Boise State Broncos for the Auto Press Tribune and Blue Turf Sports. Thanks for coming on with us. Once again, we appreciate it. No problem, guys. Should be a great game. Looking forward to it tonight. It actually might rain, so it's a little cloudy here in Boise. Might be um, there's a chance of some rain and some winds, so it could be uh, could be interesting on the blue turf.